This is the Music Therapy Chronicles interview with Fleur Hughes and Chelsea Braxma. Her being transparent and open and knowing how she takes things, like she doesn't freak out or anything, um, but knowing that I can just go to her and be like, you know what, I just, I don't appreciate this or, you know, I'm struggling through this. Just having that open dialogue with her has also really helped knowing that, you know, yeah, she's my supervisor, but she's also, she's my mentor. You know, she doesn't have that, um, you know, that stern um, authority over me. It's, <laughs> it's a really great relationship that we do have that I can just talk to her through these things. I can back that transparency piece. I think that is so important in any relationship, whether it's your relationship with your clients, your relationships with you know, your husbands at home or wives or you know, any anyone, especially between a supervisor and an intern. An intern. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Kayati, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I hope you're having a great day and are excited for this conversation with you and Chelsea. This is a conversation born out of um, me reaching out to past guests in preparation for episode 100. I reached out, said, hey, let's do a Where Are They Now series and ask guests to send in little snippets telling us updates. Um, So you can look forward to that in episode 100. But Fleur reached out and said, hey, I have an intern now and the two of us would love to come on and talk about our experience. And I love that about this this, um, this conversation is you're getting both sides of the internship experience while it's going on. Like I say in this conversation, it's, it's nice to hear about it while people are in the trenches. It's great to hear people's perspectives in hindsight, what they've learned and gathered, but it's also really nice just to feel seen if you are also in an internship experience right now as a supervisor or as an intern yourself. Fleur and Chelsea also share a ton of awesome resources that will be linked in the show notes, so please make sure you check those out. As always, the episode feedback survey is also linked at the end of the show notes, so you are welcome to give any honest and open feedback there about the show, about any of the episodes, anything you'd like to share that's just um, an anonymous and open space to be able to do that. If you're loving the show, please let us know by leaving a rating and reviewing. Those really help the podcast be more visible and your support is so, so appreciated. If you're not already following us on social media, please check us out on there. It's a great way to stay up to date on what's going on, get um, some behind the scenes looks and uh, videos of the guests and quotes all that good stuff. We are at Music Therapy Chronicles on all the platforms, and you can jump on our newsletter over at musictherapychronicles.com. 
Oh, and from the newsletter, uh, you'll get sneak peeks of who's coming up on the show. And if you have any questions that you want to ask them, you can do so by becoming a patron on patreon.com. Alrighty, let's get into this internship conversation. Welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Uh, well, welcome back, Fleur, and welcome, Chelsea, to the podcast. How are you ladies today? Doing well, doing well. I'm good, Trisha. Thanks for having me back, and thanks for welcoming Chelsea. It's the first time she's on here today. Of course. Uh, dual interviews are always a lot of fun because it just opens up the conversation that much more, and I love it. So I'm excited for this. Um. So maybe to start us off, uh, Fleur, you're on episodes 35 and 36, so maybe you can give us a little update of what you've been up to, and then Chelsea, you can introduce yourself and tell us anything you want to share to, to let us know about you. I think the last time we spoke, Trisha, I had just started my work at a rent through education services and um, was setting up the program. That was about a little over a year and a half ago. And then during that time, the sort of program got settled and um, I got an email from St. Mary's in the Woods College asking if I'd be interested in having a practicum student. Um, so I didn't even know where St. Mary's was, realized it was in states, asked a little bit about who this practicum student was and um, got to meet Chelsea. So uh, this was pre-COVID. We we met for a coffee. I just wanted to sort of you know, suss you out and see what you were like. And um, yeah, Chelsea, you started the practicum. And then you can sort of address a little bit more about that. But then after your we'll, yeah, COVID then happened because yeah, we started your practicum. COVID happened. You then went sort of online. Um, and then it would have been. January this year, your internship still. So it's been quite a long journey with some ups and downs with COVID and other mm. stuff. But um, I'm just very glad to say, you know, that the program settled in. We're really looking forward to having Chelsea start with us in person after spring break, which is fantastic. And Chelsea, I'll give it over to you. Yeah. Um, so I'm Chelsea. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of I kind of came around music therapy like a little sidetracked I've listened to many uh, of these podcasts and a lot of people are similar with their music therapy journey um I got my bachelor of music from Ambrose University in voice and um initially I wanted to be just a music teacher I was going to get my bachelor of education um and this was after the fact I got talked out of music therapy um interesting yeah, my brother had said that it's one of the top 10 worst jobs in Canada. And so I was like, okay, not going to do it. <laughs> That's who? Yeah. Oh, uh, so That's I was like, that, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went, uh, just got my Bachelor of Music, um, was teaching music after that. And then uh, my husband and I, we uh, got a job opportunity to work in the Bahamas at a church down there as youth directors. 
And we're like, why not? Let's do it. We're young. Let's just go ahead and do it. And um, we loved it down there. Um, but as we are coming to the end of the job contract, we were just wondering, you know, what am I going to do? What, um, I knew I didn't want to teach music anymore. So I was look, just looking into things again. I thought I wanted to go into speech language pathology. Um, but because I thought I just wanted a break from music. I was like, I don't want a job in music. Um, but as I just kind of, you know, started thinking more about it, my mom mentioned, you know, have you thought about music therapy? I was like, well, yes, but it's not a great job. Like, <laughs> um, but you know, what? I just decided just to go do it because that's where my heart lies, my passion. Um, and who cares if it's going to be difficult to find work? Um, so I was looking at schools in Canada, um, just, you know, if there's any online schools, because I knew I couldn't just move across the country because my husband with his work. So um, I started looking at the states and I was like, oh, well, the state schooling is so expensive, especially for Canadians. So but I found St. Mary of the Woods College in Indiana and it interested me because it was online. And I looked at the tuition. I was like, holy smokes, this is pretty cheap. Like <laughs> I can do this. So, yeah, I just kind of did it like I I think I applied in May and then of May of 2019 and they got back to me within like a week. Wow. I auditioned and got in and then started in August. So um, yeah, I'm just near the end of my journey now, finishing up internship and it's been really great. Good for you. That's so exciting. So uh, correct me if I misunderstood, but you were a practicum student with Fleur and now you've transitioned into internship with her as well. So you guys have done both of them together? Yeah, so she was my first practicum supervisor um, because I was trying to find a supervisor that had the MTBC credentials because in Canada it's a bit different. You don't uh, need to keep those credentials. And so I, yeah, there was not very many people in Calgary with that credential. And um, so I just, you know, I, I set my school the, the list of MTBCs and um, they contacted Fleur and we did it. And I was only with her for eight weeks because then the pandemic hit, like we went for spring break yeah. and then she's like, sorry, you're not coming back, <laughs> um, which was just unfortunate. Um, and then I had a practicum in El Paso um, in Texas that was online. And then I had another practicum uh, with another lady here in Calgary with um, a school of uh, kids with autism. Mm -hmm. And so that was great. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a, a pretty diverse practicum experience overall with COVID, with supervisors, with uh, different, working with different clientele, which is good. Definitely. I mean, you've sure you've learned a lot. <laughs> I've learned a ton and I learned stuff that I never thought I would be learning. I never thought I would learn how to do music therapy over telehealth. Yes. How many of us can say that? <laughs> awesome. And I think that's been interesting as well. I think, I mean, this is the first time I've taken on in a student, so I mean, I was a first-time supervisor, so I also wasn't exactly very sure what was going to happen with COVID, with everything planning out online. And I have to say, for most part, Chelsea, like I think the online experience actually worked out pretty well. Mm. Not, not as ideal as being in person, but I think for um, you know easing into sessions, just getting to know some of the kids who you sort of had in your one-to-one placement and stuff like that. Um, you know, not having to worry about driving to places and stuff. In terms of some of the sort of scheduling, timing and things like that, the online stuff has actually, I think that was sort of a bit of a blessing in this 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, last year when the pandemic hit, I honestly, I had like little freak out because I am very type A and I love to uh, control my future. And here I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to uh, finish on time. Like, what am I going to do? This is the end of the world. Um, it's not the end of the world. Um, so it was just really cool. Yeah. How everything worked out. I honestly did not think I was going to be getting an internship. Um, and so I was very, very lucky that Renfrew Education Services, they, you know, they said yes to this. Um, so it's been great. And yeah, learning on the, on telehealth, it's, it's had its struggles, but, um, I feel confident in leading music therapy through telehealth and it just makes me more marketable now. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. I, um, the interns that have gone through this experience, you know, during their internship, I am so commendable because all of you have just, you've, you've pivoted and you've learned and you've taken on the challenge and, I have found that as much as the professionals have risen to the challenge and been flexible, the interns have been so creative in their approach because to them, it's it's not, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in this internship to learn anyway, and I'm taking on all these things and like, I'm going to do it that much better because I'm here to learn and I can try new things and make mistakes. So it's been so great to see the interns really thrive during this time and to learn from them. So uh, kudos to you for persevering through this and uh, <laughs> you're smiling. So obviously you, you've, I'm assuming, have had a decent experience with it overall. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> awesome. Do you want to add anything to that, Floor? You know what? I was just going to say, I think uh, as much, you know, I agree. I, I, was, I was wondering, you know, what would have happened if this was, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago before we had Wi-Fi and Zoom and everything <laughs> like that. So, you know, sometimes these things seem to just happen at the right time. Um, it's been interesting as well, you know, like Chelsea says, having to, like, to give us some control. I think all of us, you know, we, we want to have autonomy and control in certain aspects. And certainly with COVID, we've had to free up a lot in accepting we're just going to take things day by day. And... Mm. Um, I think as well, it's been very interesting having a site that I work at that is very supportive of life because they could have just said no. Yeah. You know, there's other priorities at the moment that we can't accommodate. Um, and, and also, you know, the support from my managers, my site, very much for how having Chelsea obviously join us. Um, I also think it speaks volumes to the fact that it's one thing to be able to, to learn to be a, a you know, great music therapist in person. But I think to be able to connect with kids online, to be able to connect, you know, learn a lot of the communication skills in a virtual setting and be successful in the internship online, that should truly all be like this is a testament to you, Chelsea, and your clinical skills. Because you have really strong clinical skills. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, perhaps they might have just decided, you know, going online really, this is the end of my music therapy. Mm. So I think, you know, for all of us, giving up control, freeing up, you know, you know, my work is very much improvisational and it comes back to this thing of like, we just sometimes have to just go with the flow and just see where this is going to go. Mm -hmm. And also as a supervisor, the same thing, because, you know, there's also only so much I can control with, you know, how I got Charles and how I set up the internship and stuff like that. But with this, it was also a case of, you know, there wasn't really a lot of guidance for supervisors about how are we supposed to take interns online? Um, 
you know, and I think for, for me certainly, um, it, it's, it's, you know, in Canada you have to have a level one supervision um, certification from the CNT to be able to supervise. You need to have an X amount of uh, you know, years of having done clinical work. So, you know, when Chelsea was saying there weren't a lot of supervisors out there with NTDC, certainly in Calgary, there are a lot of supervisors, period. <laughs> um, and I, I certainly hope this is something that changes for interns because I think we have a lot of opportunities to be able to take on more interns here. But I think, you know, one of the things, certainly that we are, and there are not a lot of internship supervisors, there are not a lot of internship sites, and I hope that COVID also has shown people the value of music therapy. Mm. Because many of us are music therapists, but certainly me, I've been able to continue working online and now in person again. With others. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so many different thoughts. So today, you guys really, it's its awesome because we have both of you. We have an intern and a supervisor to have this conversation about um you know, back and forth, the experience you have both had, the things you've learned, the advice you have. So I'm excited to both learn from the two of you, but also hear, you know, the difference or similarities in your experiences. I think that that is going to be a very valuable conversation for the listeners uh, from both ends, because it, like I said in the beginning, having just more people in the conversation allows it to to f- expand in such a way. So I guess I'm just going to open it up to wherever either of you want to start about, um, you know, what you, what's one, maybe a pivotal moment or a really big lesson that you've had from both sides of your experience and, um, yeah, advice you've learned from that that you want to share. I know it's very broad. (laughs) Whatever's on your mind, please. I want to, I just want to let you guys take it away. I think, I think me. Sorry, Chelsea, you go. You go. No. We might have the same thoughts. It's fine. Okay. Um, well, I think for me, um, a really big pivotal moment was um, who who I want to be as a music therapist, and and also like who I am as a person, mm-hmm. and how to mesh those. Um, yeah. I actually was just listening to a recent podcast, and I can't remember who you were interviewing, but it was about faith. Uh, and yeah, yeah and it really. Um, it really helped me listening to that as well because um, like I think it was in February, um, I just had to, it was like a week where I really struggled with how am I going to, how how am I going to be a Christian yet be a music therapist and be ethical? Mm. Um, and so that's, that was a very challenging, challenging struggle. And me and Flora, I know we had talks about this and she's pushed me um, to really like challenge my, my opinions and thoughts. And um, it, it kind of sucked. <laughs> it sucked <laughs> to be pushed, but I'm so glad that she pushed me um, because it really made me really think about what, who I want to be as a music therapist. And I was just, yeah, just struggling having to like have that car- compartmentalization, mm. but also like not like, it's just, because my faith is such a big part of who I am. And so having to put that, you know, aside really struggles. But so when I heard, um, when I heard in that podcast, he was saying um, how, you know, it's, it's not like you're putting it in a box, right? But it's just, you're not necessarily telling everyone, I'm a Christian, 
this is who I am as a music therapist, right? It's, you know, it may get brought up in a session, but you're not going to be outwardly telling people that that's who you are. And so, and ultimately, like, um, it just informs my practice. Um, it makes me really see people um, in such a positive light with that unconditional positive regard mm. um, and, you know, loving them for who they are and trying to help them through their struggles. So, yeah, that was a big turning point for me. Um, and so early on in my internship, like I think that was month two. <laughs> and I felt like just like a little baby intern and having to go through this. But yeah, I grew a lot through that experience. How beautiful. I agree with you, Chelsea. And you know, certainly one of the things like I um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm ex-military, remember that. And I'm certainly somebody who does push people out of their comfort zone because one of the things I've certainly learned is when you go into this profession when you're done, if you think you're, you know, music therapy, you know, you basically play singing bowls and little floaty dresses the whole day, that's certainly not what we do. You know, it's a hard profession mm. and you are going to have clients that are going to push your boundaries, they're going to challenge your assumptions and, you know, even your traditions and values. Sometimes you need to think, you know, at which point really I'm here for the client, you know, you know, in your core, you aren't agreeing with what the client's saying or perhaps the path that they have chosen. But it comes back to this thing of control. You can't control them. You can't say, you know, I don't agree with you. That's not the way what I believe in. That's not how I would have done things. You are there to support and guide the client. Mm-hmm. And like Chelsea says, you know, this place of unconditional positive regard is sometimes letting go of that control and just seeing, you know, you know, why am I feeling like this? Why is this making me feel discomfort? And then processing those feelings as well. Um, and I've, I've made that suggestion to Chelsea that you, know, you might want to have some therapy because it's one thing as well in the UK when I went through my training, my master's, we had to have personal therapy to, to work through the stuff we were going through in our internship. Um, and it's, you know, I also think in your internship, it is a great opportunity to work through some of these tough things and have the support not only of the supervisor, Sometimes the support of other people you're working with, Chelsea, I know you have a, a network of students that you work Because sometimes, we, as a professional, especially in private practice, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. So who do you go to? Who is there to support you? And I'd rather, you know, also as a student work through this now than realize, you know, I had this perfect practicum that nothing went wrong in inverted commas. And then, you know, first month on the job, you're like, well, guess what? I never experienced this in my internship. What now? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's one of the things as well is, you know, not intentionally, but I think it's good to also, you know, challenge yourself, push yourself. And, you know, I said to Chelsea, you know, do you want to do a podcast? She was like, "Uh, yes, Uh, we're writing a book chapter together. Because that's the other thing. You can just go into your internship and, and get all the ticks in the boxes. Great. You know, I've done what the university wants me to do or you can go in there and do other stuff and really have a real life experience and mm. um, and i'm really trying to offer that to you as well you know so making sure you're like when you're done you're like you know this is actually i went through a lot of stuff that professional MPs some never have done but you know one day down the line when you edit another book chapter you can say oh, i've done that you know you get invited for a podcast, you can say, oh, I remember when Trisha interviewed you for the last one. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's also opening yourself up to these experiences. And Chelsea very much says yes. Love that. So, you know, that is my advice to interns is instead of thinking about saying no, have your yes moment. Mm. 
Oh, I love that so much. And I, I can relate to being an internship and being pushed and having those existential crises and those big self-reflective moments. And like, you haven't even worked through what you talked about last week in supervision and suddenly more questions are coming up and you're like, I don't, I'm still answering the questions from last week. And like, now I have to think about these things too. And I'm also learning repertoire and it's a lot. And I totally remember being in that and just like deep in it and like knowing everything about me is being challenged right now. And like some, somehow, someday, I'm going to be on the other end of it and the lessons will be there Uh, right now. They're still percolating, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you said uh, as a supervisor, like, yeah, that's my job (laughs) is to, (laughs) to push and to challenge and like to also support and, and play both those sides. So for each of you, what are some uh, strategies and techniques you use both to, uh, guide the challenge on your side floor and to to work through it on your side, Chelsea. I know um, one of you mentioned uh, a student group. I think that was one of one of the things you have to maybe help work through the things you're you're experiencing. But what else are you doing to to get through? You know those that tough, sticky stuff that's important to do. <laughs> Um, I guess for me, you know, not part of my internship is journaling, but um, that's not part of a requirement in my class. But Fleur, she was like, you know, I would love it if you would just journal every week. Mm. We don't discuss it, but, you know, have that practice just to journal. And so that has really helped just to be able to write down my thoughts. And because sometimes my thoughts in my mind are just so Combumbled, that's not a word, but I'm gonna use that word. Um, <laughs> Great word. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they're just like they're all um, jumbled up together, and you know, it's just writing them down on paper has really helped to just sort out my thoughts. Um, but also, like, I have such a great support system that, um, you know, I, I've, I mean, during that week of I felt like it was a crisis, I was talking to my husband. I was talking to my Bible study group. I was talking to my parents, my siblings, and just getting everyone's kind of perspective and being able to just have feedback um, and just advice from them. And that's really helped. Um, But then also just being able to talk openly with Fleur. Mm. Um, I hate confrontation. Like I will, I will run from it if I have the, the, opportunity but I know that Fleur has told me straight up she's like if you have a problem you need to tell me straight away and and so that has really helped her being transparent and open and knowing how she takes things like she doesn't freak out or anything um but knowing that I can just go to her and be like you know what I just I don't appreciate this or you know I'm struggling through this and just having that open dialogue with her has also really helped knowing that you know yeah she's my supervisor but she's also she's my mentor you know, she doesn't have that, um, you know, that stern um, authority over me. It's it's a really great relationship that we do have that I can just talk to her through these things. Love that. I come back to transparency piece. I think that is so important in any relationship, whether it's your relationship with your clients, your relationships, you know, your husbands at home or wives or, you know, any anyone, especially between a supervisor and an intern, an intern. I find so many of the issues, you know, when I talk to colleagues about professional things or things that go wrong in the internship, it's, you know, often it's like, I just didn't know. And so, you know, when, as a supervisor, I don't know 
what is the issue or the challenge, unless Chelsea says to me, you know what, I don't agree with this, or this has brought this up for me. So inviting those conversations, you know, being able and open to having those experiences. Um, you know, also for me as, an, in, as a supervisor, it was really interesting because I reflected on some of my own supervision experiences, you know, when I was in my um, training in my master's and thought, you know, what the qualities that I found useful in the supervisor. And, um, you know, one of one of my practical experiences was rather difficult. Me and my supervisor just didn't gel. Um, and, you know, I had to reflect on that. Mm. So the things where I was like, you know, these are things that I struggled with. You know, I journaled about that. I noted that. And became aware that, you know, those have the same things Chelsea might struggle with. And um, how could I support you if, if that came up? But then also thinking about, you know, what what were the qualities that the supervisors or the mentors that I've had in my life had um, that that really made me feel supported, made me feel like, you know, I can do this and succeed. Mm. And a lot of that just came back to communication. And, um, you know, if someone's like, well, you know, I can get the thing, like, well, you're, you're in a learning experience, you're going to sort of have to do this, you know, we all had to go through it. That's always a very helpful answer. Yes, we all go through it, but we're all going to have a different perspective, a different way of going through that. Um, and I think for Chelsea as well, you know, it's it's when, when, when you know, the, the conversations that we've had that we might think of the challenging, difficult ones, I feel are really the ones where our relationship has grown and sort of gone up to like the next day. You know, coming in and just being like, you know, everything that Chelsea feeling is great, this is all working out. It, it is great, but when you go into your professional life, you're not going to go into every new contract and it's going to be perfect. You're going to meet managers of sites who you are not going to get along with. Mm-hmm. How are you going to deal with them? Um, understanding, you know, when things are not working, how, how do you make it work? Do you just give up and say, oh, well, you know, this client isn't for me? Or do you think, no, you know, there's a reason this person reached out to you. Mm-hmm. How are you going to support that person? How, what supports do you have going forward? Um, and I think it's also really important, you know, not just, I mean, Chelsea, you have your support system, you journal. I still journal. I still have clinical supervision. I still do many of the things that I did as a practitioner, you know, and a student many years ago, because fundamentally, um, a lot of those things around self-exploration, a lot of the stuff around reflection, mm-hmm. that doesn't go away. And getting into a good routine where you are journaling, you are processing about these things. A lot of this also comes back to ethics. Because, you know, I, I, um, I, I'm the ethics director for the MTA, the Music Therapy Association for Alberta. And often when clinicians come to me and they're like, there's this ethical thing happening or I'm not sure about this, a lot of it comes back to also, how do you deal with this often? You know, did you think about this when this happened to do that? And a lot of it, you know, these ethical dilemmas and things are also just things that arise because you just didn't know, said the wrong thing, and, you know, you haven't just put that to the side, being there for the client, like you're getting too personally invested. Mm. And the other big thing is boundaries. You want to have a good, transparent, honest relationship, you also have to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. And like Chelsea says, you know, I'm a supervisor, I'm a mentor, I'm not a friend. And again, when you hear about interns or friends or their supervisors, I'm like, you know, that's while you're in your internship, that is a boundary, really, we shouldn't be crossing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
So, you know, being aware of those two, but also knowing where actually I need to push myself a little bit. You know, I'm in my little safe down, I'm in my safe space. Now's the time to move forward and just experience that, but then sort of come back to this place of feeling supported. Yeah, and how cool to have those journal entries for if, you know, when you want to look back and reflect, but also if you want to be a supervisor someday, like you said, Florian, um, to to have the hindsight to look back and like, see, this is what I was experiencing and this is what I was going through. And at the moment, I couldn't see the whole picture because I was in it. But now I can see this and I can do it differently or I can do it the same because it was working um, to have that, that mm. own your own um, dialogue is the word coming to mind, but your own dictation, I guess, of what, what you've experienced to be able to work with uh, and have an honest view of that instead of just what you remember and how it's kind of changed over time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love how you say that, Tricia. I love how you, you know, you just, it's like, it's taking that step back and looking at something differently. Yeah. Um, and sometimes as well, it's, it's be having, you know, having to say, I'm not looking at this from my upbringing, from my sort of very Western traditional way of thinking. I need to look at this from this worldview, from this viewpoint. Mm. And often, you know, thinking of, am I looking at something from the point of view as a therapist? Or, you know, if I'm in my client's space, what is my client's? I love how you bring that point back to it's, um, it's again, not just something you use as a profession, but something you would use as a clinician. Mm, totally. Totally. Awesome. So I guess, let's see. Let's go here. For for someone who is looking into an internship or a supervisor looking to bring on new interns, um, during this strange time, some of us are still in telehealth, some of us are in person, some of us have a combination. Uh, so keeping that in mind too, what are some like questions that you think they should ask or things you wish you asked? I know when I was a student looking to internship, it, the, the mentality of my whole class was kind of just like, get an internship so you can become a professional. It wasn't like, find the right internship so you learn things and you are in an environment you will thrive in in order to set you up to be a professional. So um yeah, what are some some things that you would say, hey, make sure you ask this question or make sure you look out for this or make sure your expectations meet in this way? Yeah, that's that's a toughie because yeah. I was sort of in that mentality. I was like, just get an internship. <laughs> um, and because like Fleur said, they're really like other than her, because I'm her first student, there was only two internship sites in Calgary. Mm. And so it's not like we had a pick of the litter and um, and I couldn't just move across the country. But, you know, if I was looking back and I, you know, I did have so many more um, internship opportunities, um, I would really like, I mean, I don't know if you can do this, but it'd be nice if you could talk to previous interns mm -hmm. of that supervisor and just get what their perspective of um, the internship was like, because, you know, they'll be honest with you. And, um, you know, they might say, oh, this person, she was really hard or no, she didn't really care about my work or he, I mean, um, or they're, they're a micromanager, like, um, you know, trying to get their, 
ask what their kind of style of supervision is. And that's another thing you could just ask directly to the internship director, like what are the types of um, styles of supervision that the supervisor does? Because, you know, it different styles are going to work with different people. Um, yeah, that's kind of like all that I could really think of is just asking interns and styles of supervision. I, I agree with that. I think um, if, you, if you can, also just reach, reach out to supervisors. Um, I know that the initial contact that I had was from like St. Mary's in the woods, um, but I was like, no, I would, I would really like to meet Chelsea because I think it's also different meeting someone in person or perhaps on Zoom just to see how you are. Mm. Um, you know, there were a few things that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in life experience. You know, Chelsea wasn't completely green coming into her internship. You know, you've done one degree. So I was like, there's certain things I would not have to worry about teaching you in terms of that. Like you'd already gotten through one degree program. Mm -hmm. This wasn't like you were 19 coming into your very first program. You've had life experience. You know, you traveled, you were abroad. As a, as, a, as, a, as a supervisor, there were things I could identify with you. Like, you know, it's it's hard. You move away, you come back. You have to find a supervisor. I have the exact same sphere experience when I moved to Canada and had to get my NTBC. At that time, five years ago, I had to, having already got a degree in a country where we were fully regulated, coming to a place where we weren't regulated, having to redo all of this. So I remember how daunting and stressful that was for me. And I could relate to Chelsea, you know, here you are in a very similar boat. Um, so I think as well for supervisors, you know, take on entrance where you find you have similar experiences that you can relate to with them. Because I think for me, it would have probably been a lot harder having to take someone on who had, who had not studied, who had just come out of school, who was you really would have had to have, I don't want to say hand-holding, but, you know, with Chelsea, as much as there are things where I'm like, we need to focus on this, we need to work through this, Chelsea's always also just someone who gets on. Um, you know, something else as well is being able to synthesize your theory and knowledge into the practical application of what you're doing. Mm. Um, and... You know, one thing I loved about when I was studying is, you know, we'd, we'd learn, we do all the theory and stuff around like children, and then the, the practicum experience was first placement in a school. And then when we worked with adults' mental health, the practicum experience was adults' mental health. Um, and being able to synthesize what we're learning with the practical. And I think, Chelsea, as well, you know, that's something you've been able to do. And often, you know, when when we come through challenges and stuff, I'm like, you know, I've come across this reading or these studies, you know, this is an article about a music ther therapist's perspective on their faith, read this, and then let's discuss this in supervision. Mm -hmm. um, and it's being able to, you know, even like improvisation, Chelsea, you know, that's one thing. Um, my, my training was, is very different from you. I mean, I, I train in Europe. The North American training is different. My training was very much based on improv, I think at the start, Chelsea, you know, she definitely wanted to be a lot more directive and be like, you know, we're going to do Hello Song, Three Interventions, <laughs> Goodbye Song, it's set in stone. Um, and even having, like she says, you know, those conversations around what is your perspective? Mm. Because if you want to do, do NMT and, you know, let's say go into sort of a medical setting, don't find a supervisor who's completely humanistic in their perspective, you know, working in the school. 
So find somebody as well who does align with what you want to do when you're done. Um, but also find someone who, you know, like Chelsea, improv is something you want to work on. That's something you've done more. That's something you've learned and grown in. Don't also just find the person where it's going to be just so easy getting these ticks in the boxes because, you know, what are you learning from that experience? It's not just about meeting the competency and getting the tick in the box. It's about thinking, you know, what sort of music therapist do I want to be working with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love that you guys kind of threw out some like vocab words, I'll say. So I just want to throw a couple more out and throw your own. So like if you're an intern, if you're a supervisor, you probably know most of these words. But if you're an intern and you're like, I want to ask these questions, but I'm not exactly sure how like, okay, so let's, you know, theoretical frameworks, you have humanistic, you have behavioral, you know, what other ones? NMT. Yeah, NMT. You got psychodynamics, psychoanalysis. Yeah. You got Ryan's too. (laughs) Yeah. Even even like theoretical frameworks that Fleur was telling me about was like, I didn't learn about this. Like mindfulness-based stress reduction. I was like, what is that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing I wanted to like add what Fleur was saying. Like, you know, find, find a supervisor that may have the same kind of theoretical framework as you. Um, but at the same time, find a supervisor that knows their different theories and knows how to help you find your own theory. Because, you know, for me, like when people ask, what's your theoretical framework? I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't really know. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit of everything, which, you know, can be good and can also not be great. Um, and so that's been helpful. Like, I mean, I started out wanting to totally just all do uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and like Fleur said, she's like, she's pushed me to do this more of that improv stuff. And um, I'm really liking it. Um, I like the freedom, the flow, um, and then just, you know, being very client led. Um, so that humanistic perspective as well. And um, so, yeah, and it, it's nice because Fleur does have a really great knowledge of all these different theories. And so I'm thankful for that because if she was just like, because she is like, per, she's person centered. And if she only taught that and didn't want to talk about any other theories, like, I don't know, I feel like then she would just be trying to like produce a clone of her, mm. which that's not the job of a supervisor, right? They're not there to produce clones. They're trying to help you become your own music therapist. So I've really appreciated talking about different theories with her. Yeah. Oh, how profoundly said. And um, I think that even if like someone listening to this, you know, they don't recognize all those words or don't know them, even just being asking, you know, are you, do you take a directive approach or do you take a non-directive approach? Mm-hmm. Like generally, and, and just like you said, <clears throat> Chelsea, you know, knowing that, that what their preference is, but also that they're comfortable teaching you or allowing you to explore um, something other than their own preference. So, you know, it might be mm-hmm. instead of saying like, I'm humanistic and in this and in this and in this, it's like to really water it down. It's like, okay, well, are you directive or not? And um, knowing yourself enough to know if, if you can thrive in that environment and be challenged in that way. Mm, I like that. And I love how you also bring the point, Trisha, about, you know, sort of watering it down and thinking about how direct or non-direct you are. Mm. And it's funny, like, I think one of your, on one of your podcasts, you had somebody talk about an eclectic approach. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like, I hadn't really heard that term, 
And I think we are all, we, we all have some degree of that. We're all somewhat eclectic in that, you know, yes, my approach is very humanistic, so it comes back to the sort of Algerian unconditional positive regard, empathy, um, and so forth. But in a way, you know, I, I did my NMT training in the past, and there have been times where I've had to use more of my NMT skills to work with a specific client. Mm. But then also, you know, I'm very, I've, I've done some mindfulness certification. So then there are times where I really feel actually the sort of breath, breath work, the more aesthetic techniques are what I need for this person. Um, like Chelsea says, you know, if you are interested in some, you know, like a more, uh, some of the more behavioral therapies, whether it's like DBT, CBT, thinking how did these approaches inform what I do? Mm. Um, but, you know, compared to sort of two years ago, um, at the same time that I started my my program in Renfrew, it was the same time that I started my private practice. And my private practice is only mental health, um, mostly teens, mostly adults. So I want to keep it separate from work with kids because I get to work with kids in the school every day. Um, and with my mental health stuff, it's, it's really focused specifically to, to that. So, you know, if, if you do decide that there is a specific area you want to focus on and really become a specialist in that, I think that also just allows new questions um, around training and thoughts because, uh, you know, obviously when you, when you qualify, you might be more of a generalist. Mm. You might do a little bit of work here and there, everywhere, especially if you need to build a part of that. But when it gets to the point, you know, the stuff that I do in my private practice and all the mental health-based work, um, I love how focused that is and specific that is. Um, you know, about so it's, you know, maybe at some point also you decide you want to, instead of being if you really just want one focus, you want to be that specific and you do your training and your skills to build them. Um, and it certainly does change the, the way you work. But also having said that, I even I find, especially you know, due to COVID, most of the issues that I'm addressing in my work in the school now is more mental health based mm. compared to mm. just regulation or physical or fine, you know, fine gross motor skills. You know, even the nature of the goals that I'm working on have become a lot more work in terms of working through fear and worry because of COVID. Um, you know, dealing with transference issues from the parents with lost work and stuff, uh, how the kids are processed and stuff like that. Uh, so the way your work looks, Chelsea, when you're starting a year, is going to be very different to the way that it might be part of Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love how that came full circle. Uh, you know, the importance of attending an internship that shows you lots of different things and being a supervisor that allows, you know, shows you the whole buffet and that it'll refine in your professional career. And like, that's okay. You can take and dabble and you'll, you'll figure it out as you go, but it's, it's good to at least give everything a shot. I love that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, is there anything either of you want to dive into before we move into the rapid fire questions? Okay. So, Trisha, something that I can suggest for new supervisors is researching what style of supervisor they'd like to be 
So for me, I, I'm very much a person-centered supervisor, and it's very much about the relationship that Chelsea and I have, transparency, openness, having those conversations. Um, I did my level one online training through the CNT, but I can also suggest the training done by Anita Swanson for Music Therapy Online. They have a training course called Supervision in Music Therapy. Um, and then also in terms of books, I love the Supervision of Music Therapy, a Theoretical and Practical Handbook by Helen Adele Muller. So I can also recommend that if you need some tips on supervision. How about you, Chelsea? Have you got any resources? Um, well, I really liked, um, these were just textbooks that uh, our school assigned us, um, but I really liked the, um, it's called Music Therapy, a Fieldwork prim Primer by Borkson. And what it just covers kind of everything, but also at the very back, it has an excerpt, I think from another, um, from another book. So he just put a little chapter in there, just directly on supervision and supervision from the intern's perspective, like mm -hmm. how to get the most out of supervision, which was really great. And there's this one book that I wish that we could have um, done and I haven't bought it just because, I mean, I'm poor, so I don't have money to <laughs> just buy all the books in the world. But um, it's called Music Therapy Supervision by, uh, edited by Michelle Foranash. And I just think that would just... I think that would just be a great um, supervision book for just uh, supervisors and interns. So that would just be awesome. I hopefully I'll get to read it one day when I when I get a job when I start my private practice and can afford books. Yeah, they're expensive. Cool. Yeah. So, so Trisha, any useful useful resources for interns or students starting out in Canada? You're looking for an internship site or an internship supervisor, you can go to the CAMT, and um, that's the Canadian Association of Music Therapists, and you can go to the Music Therapy Association for Alberta, the MTAA, um, on more information around that. Awesome. I will link all of those things as well as some other stuff you have both sent me and the episodes you both referenced, which ironically were both uh, interviews with people with the first name Chris. Oh. <laughs> I realized that as I was writing them down here. Yeah, um, I remember it was Chris. <laughs> yeah. So actually, the one you mentioned, Fleur, um, is Chris Millett, and he has a podcast called the Make More Music Podcast. So, oh really? Yeah, I will link I'll, his show. I'll make as well. that. Make More Music Podcast. Yes. Yeah. So for listeners, if you if you don't listen to that show, um, definitely check that out. But Chris's both of the Chris's is episodes <laughs> will also be linked in the show notes, along with all the awesome resources you both have mentioned. Cool. And I like being able to loop stuff back because I think that's also really useful too. I think it's, it's useful when you have other things from the shows to go back to. Mm. Um, I think it'll be also maybe in a year, maybe maybe we should meet next next year uh, this time, spring break. There's clearly a theme here. Chelsea, you started around spring break. You're coming back to us in person. <laughs> maybe in a year to see where are we all? Mm -hmm. What's happened with COVID? Chelsea, by that time, hopefully you're working in some capacity. Who knows? I hope like, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, like maybe it'll be nice just to even do like a retrospect. 
Yeah. We'll have started writing our book chapter together. So, you know, also we will have gone from sort of supervisor slash intern to colleagues. Yeah. And and I think for many of us, that is a very different experience. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what is that journey from supervisor intern to, to colleagues? Yeah. Um, yeah, so true. Especially if you have taken an internship where you do or plan to live. Um, you know, like most of us are either pretty yeah. isolated or part of a very small music therapy community. And it's like, well, if this is the person you've learned from and now they're either your boss, some people get a, yeah. a job from their internship or yeah. now they're your colleague or how does that transition? How does that change? Yeah, yeah, those are important conversations to have. So if you're both open to it, it would be cool to have like, um, it would almost be like, a series of how you know this has evolved your relationship has evolved so, yeah i love that cool yeah, awesome me too. I, agree. I appreciate that because that's also something that um i could see would be intimidating for people to candidly talk with the other person there and have it recorded about their their experience <laughs> you know <laughs> and like, i think what, what what might be nice as well like i think actually I mean, by the time you're done and you have done all your exams, and I mean, you know, we're, we're still going through regulation here, Trisha. I think the last time we spoke, it was like not even a blip in the ocean. You know, we're hoping, hopefully, this year the college will be established. So that's going to be very different too. Um, but you know, I think maybe you should look at interviewing Chelsea in September on her own because you'll have done all your college stuff by that. You can even just talk about what was that experience like, you know, you're done with your degree, but what now? Mm. You know, yeah. you can have, you can discuss that. And then maybe in April, you know, by that time, you're not, you're not completely new, but you're sort of starting out, but then reflecting back on like, what I wish I knew in hindsight. Yes. Like what <laughs> didn't we cover? What didn't we know? Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think, because I know that for a lot of interns as well, there's not a lot of stuff out there. I think on just sort of, I've done done the test, done the exams. I'm good to go on paper, but what now? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a. I I love. Um, I I'm gonna plug too. I don't know if either of you have checked out Kim Best's podcast. It's the oh. Not Your Average Music Therapist <laughs> podcast, and it's very much based on like experiential conversations about. Uh, things that many of us experience but don't talk about as candidly. And mm. I love conversations mm. like that too because it's like, okay, I can tell you what I learned in hindsight about my internship now that I've been out of it. But to talk with someone who's going through it and also, you know, be going through it alongside them is so important to feel seen and connected. And mm -hmm. yeah, there's, mm -hmm. there's so much value in talking about the challenges when we are in them or when they're still fresh versus, uh, you know, 20 years ago, internship was a challenge and there was this COVID thing and, you know, I had to be with my supervisor virtually, but we got through it. Like, cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that, that doesn't give me as much tangible advice as I'm doing it right now and this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. Not agree, agree. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Are you ready for the rapid fire? I love this. Yes. My favorite part is awesome. <laughs> oh, good. We'll see how many of your answers have changed. So the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. The first one is coffee or tea? Coffee. Neither. 
Give me a vanilla steamer, some hot milk. I'm I'm good. Mm. Nice. Early bird or night owl? Night owl, because I was slept this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would also say again, neither. I mean, I love sleep. So my siblings all the time growing up, they would just be like, what are you, an old person? Like, why are you going to bed so early? Like, it's the weekend. And I mean, if I had to really choose, I'd probably be more of a night owl. I just, I really hate waking up in the morning. So, but yeah, I love sleep. Awesome. What is something you'd tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self to not listen to other people um, and just go for music therapy. Just do it. Um, Go with your gut. I mean, I forgot to say I had a professor that told me not to do it as well. So, um, yeah. If I, but again, when I look back in hindsight, maybe it was a good thing because, you know, I got a whole different degree. I'm a better musician for it. Mm. Um, I traveled. And so maybe it was a good thing that I listened to them. Um, But, you know, go with your gut. Your gut, um, you know, tells you good things. I agree with that. I'd say learn to trust yourself more, trust Mm. your instinct more yourself and learn to grow and, and, and learn to accept the difficult and challenging things that happen mm. uh, life is not easy and if we just constantly fight against that it's just going to make life even harder um, I'd also tell my younger self invest in lot better tech and audio equipment straight off the bat because <laughs> I didn't even have a good microphone or any of that stuff so I'd say you know Set yourself up for success. <laughs> yeah. Get your little pack of instruments. Get the stuff you need because um, it's easier to have it than to try and source instruments at a time where you're just not getting all the stuff they can't ship. Yeah, so true, so true. What is your favorite self-care practice? For me, it's taking Epsom salt baths. Um, it's been like my saving grace <laughs> throughout this whole process. Um, cause I'm very stressed all the time. Cause I'm like, I have to get that a, um, and so, you know, I take my bath at the end of the week, um, maybe put a, some candles on and just listen to some nice calming music. It's definitely that. Mine is spending time with my horse. So I, I bought a horse in the last year and that's why I'm going imminently when we're done with this podcast. So yeah, just spending time with her. Uh, she's very grounding. And, you know, I can't be, I'm excited sort of up there person the whole time, but with her, I've had to learn to just be calm and ground myself and center myself. And so any time spent with her, is just a good reminder to let it go and just be enjoying my time with you. Love that. Your music therapy elevator speech. <laughs> All right. Well, my school is, they have like, you know, they were like, you got to have your 30 second speech. They like trained us for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've loved listening to like po- uh, previous podcasts and hearing everyone's speech. It's really cool. So for me, I would say um, music therapy is an evidence based practice by a certified music therapist 
who uses music to address non-musical goals. And then I would elaborate if they asked more about it. <laughs> Mine's very sort of similar, uh, slightly different. Music therapy is the use of music, musical elements um, to meet a specific goal or objective. At the core of the work that we do as music therapists is the relationship between the client and the therapist. Love that. Love that. Something that's currently adding value to your life. I'm going to have to say being a supervisor. I have learned so much about myself in this experience um, and just sort of had to reevaluate a few things, you know, in myself as well and, and growing. I think it's also very easy, you know, things work, we get into our groove, it ain't broke, don't fix it. But also, you know, with Chelsea, you've introduced me to new websites, new resources, you know, just new, new sort of songs. So sort of freshening up a few things that I've done, you know, dusting a few techniques that I'm like, you know, oh, I haven't done this in a while, but I have to show Chelsea how it works. Oh, I remember what this felt like. And so really just this experience too. I, I feel in some ways I've also grown from it. So you have very much added value to my own practice. Thank you. Um, now I feel bad not saying. <laughs> well, of course, I would say yes, my internship is definitely adding value to my life. And I love having Flora as my supervisor. I wouldn't have wanted anyone else. Um, but the uh, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, I just started going to therapy and that has been so awesome you know it's very stigmatized in the christian community and um it took me a long time to finally just go do it um and i've just loved it um it's just being able to work through my issues that i have and you know how they may affect my clients so i every time i leave therapy i'm like on this high it's almost like a drug <laughs> but like i just leave feeling so good about myself and yeah love that love that your favorite. Oh, you, Trisha, tell us one thing oh. about you. Because no one ever asks you. So oh, that's so sweet. What is one thing that adds value to or meaning to your day? Oh, right now, um, the warmer weather. Yeah, it's like mm. so, so adding value to my life. My plan after I'm done with my interviews today is to go outside and do some yard work. Not super excited to spend time with the rake, but very excited to just be outside, experience the sunshine. Uh, usually we have some rogue snowstorms in April and May, but I have a good feeling that I'm going to clean up the yard and it's not going to snow. <laughs> it's like, I just have a good feeling. Um, thank you. That's very sweet of you to ask. <laughs> All right. Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session? Uh, so currently, um, I would say like, I think almost all the kids love this song and Flora is like, it's like your go-to song that you should do to help regulate kids. <laughs> um, and it's not even my song. So I can also send you the, the resource for this one, but it's called sounds of the season and it's by Gina Lane, uh, from spectrum press oh, yeah. and it's really good. We call it our humming song because it just starts out humming. And we've really adapted it. Like, really, we only use the first little bit of it. So we just hum and, you know, I 
um, I use, I reflect, I sing about what maybe they're doing at the moment, or I'm like, you know, we're just breathing. We're going to take a breath in and then out. Um, so it's been really great and it's so versatile. So, you know, I use it on my guitar and it's seriously on C the whole time with the bass note changing. So Mm -hmm. Gina Lane, good job. Um, but, uh, we have also used it with like singing bowls. Um, we've done it with like ocean drums. So yeah, it's a really good intervention. Um, sometimes I'm sick of it though, but it works really well. I love Spectrum Press as well. Great resource. Has lots of interventions from children all the way up to adults. Um, I also like musictherapyebooks.com. And one of the favorite songs that I enjoy using is the whole body listening song, which is from one of their ebooks. Awesome. I will link to those below, uh, more awesome resources for everyone to check out. And the last question is, where can the listeners find you both and connect with you? And for me, um, I don't really have anything set up yet, uh, working on it, but uh, they can reach me at chelseabraxma at gmail.com. Sorry. Um, listeners can reach me at my web email, which is Hughes at rentfreeeducation.org. Cool. I will have those linked for everyone as well so they can get in touch if they want. Thank you so much both for making the time to be on the show, for sharing your experiences and you know being open to this conversation. I know that listeners are going to, if nothing else, they're going to have tons of resources to check out, but also they're going to learn so much from, from what you have both shared today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This was really great. Yeah, thanks, Trisha. So nice to see you again. And uh, have a great spring break and happy Easter, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Stay in touch and have a wonderful weekend. I hope you enjoyed that interview, learned a lot, are excited to check out the resources. And if you are a supervisor or an intern, I hope you're feeling inspired and seen in your experience. Um, I really appreciated this conversation so, so much. And it's true. I think that um, just like when Nicole Bermaher was on the show and talking about her internship experience and how she was sharing it on social media at the time, that there's kind of a lack of um, current content on the internship experience, if that makes sense, that um, people can keep up with, interns can align with, all that good stuff. So I hope that this episode was able to, to fill some of that gap. As always, please consider leaving us a rating and reviewing, finding us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, please let me know by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. This show is not possible without the guests, so thank you so much to everyone who's been on. Thank you to the listener for making the time to listen to the show. And I hope to continue to have conversations about, you know, clinical experiences, personal experiences, research, insights, all of the above. So I am a firm believer that everyone has something to share and we can all learn from each other. So please consider being on the show and you can reach out to me. 
If you want to earn CMTEs for listening to the show, you can check out our pod courses on Music Therapy Podcast Collective or MT Podcast Collective online and on social media. Thank you so much for making the time to listen to this week's episode. Our quote this week is, Leaders don't force people to follow. They invite them on the journey. <laughs>